podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a very, very miserable, miserable out shite of a day. Um, on the day after Liverpool lost 3-1 to Brentford at the Brentford Community Stadium, or whatever it is called now, in one of the worst displays you're likely to see by any team in this round of Premier League games, a game in which Liverpool actually conceded five goals, Two were rightly ruled off. And look, you could make a case that there were two others that should have been ruled off. The first goal hits Ben Mee's hand before it hits Ibu's knee and deflects into the net. And the third one, there is a hint of a foul on Kanate, but he needs to be really much stronger than that. But Liverpool didn't deserve anything from the game. They deserved to lose. Their performance was one of a losing team in the same way that they deserved to lose against Leicester, but Wood Faze did us two enormous favours with two ridiculous incidents that you couldn't repeat if you tried. We weren't very good against Aston Villa either, is the truth of it. They had multiple big chances to score. Bailey had two chances he should have buried. John McGinn should have scored. They did score one. Now, we could have scored a couple as couple more as well, but we weren't good in the game. It was just two fairly average teams running up and down and not having any real plan of what to do when the opposition had the ball. And last night, we had no clue what to do when Brentford had the ball in any situation. Barring about a 20-minute spell at the beginning of the second half, our pressing was pretty much non-existent. Our defensive structure was pretty much non-existent. And most unusual for a Liverpool team in the Van Dijk era, we seem to have no idea how to defend set pieces. You would have imagined that one of the things we would have worked on ahead of this game was defending set pieces, given that is Brentford's primary source of goals. But it didn't seem like we'd done any prep work at all. That cluster that they form at the back post isn't just something they did yesterday. It's something they've done consistently for nigh on 18 months now. They don't do it on everyone, but they did it on everyone last night because it was working, because we had no idea how to cope with it. And when you've got Virgil and Ibu, two of the most dominant aerial defenders in Europe, in your team and you're defending that poorly on set pieces. And remember, Fabinho is also quite good in the air. Allison's great at dealing with corners and crosses and things like that. And Darwin's very good in the air. When you're 
completely lost like we were last night, it really does suggest that you haven't been properly prepared. And this team haven't looked prepared all season. This team has looked really poorly coached all season. They've looked poorly prepared. They haven't looked like a motivated team. There's been no intensity. The only times this team has looked well set up were the two games against City in one in the league, or one in the Charity Shield and one in the league when we played that 4-4-2. They're the only times we've looked like we've actually prepared for the opposition. The rest of the time, it looks like we've taken the approach of just go out and play your game and you'll be better than them, which is, you know, probably not what's happened. But there's been quite a quite an unfortunate arrogance about how Liverpool have gone about this season. And we saw it in the summer where Klopp refused to sign a midfielder and made multiple comments where he had a go at the fans who were calling for a midfielder, asked, what type of midfielder do we need? A good one's Jürgen. We need good midfielders. That's what we need. Because you have Fabinho, who you've run into the ground, and Thiago, who's incredible but injury-prone. And that's it. Naby Kate is a very good player, but he can't stay fit. Oxlade-Chamberlain is no longer good enough. Curtis Jones is yet to show he's good enough. Henderson is no longer anywhere close to good enough. Milner is no longer anywhere close to good enough. Harvey Elliott is simply not a midfielder. Stefan Bastic is a child. And Fabio Carvalho is also simply not a midfielder. You have two midfielders that are good enough to play for this team. And yet you arrogantly sat there multiple times and shot down the suggestion that we need midfielders. And I've been saying for the longest time, we don't just need a midfielder. In 2021, we needed a midfielder because Ginny had left and we didn't bother replacing him. And people thought, well, we won two cups and finished second and got to Champions League finals. That proved we didn't miss him. You're wrong. In fact, it proved we did miss him because if we'd had him, we would have won everything. We lost the league because our midfield let us down. We lost the Champions League final because our midfield let us down. We were the better team on that day, but we didn't create enough. And when it came time to doing any defensive work, do you really think Ginny Wijnaldum would have allowed Valverde to run like that? Not even slightly. With Thiago being less than 100% in that final, Fabinho looking exhausted and Henderson doing what he normally does in big games, we cost ourselves the game. If we'd had Ginny Wijnaldum or a replacement for Ginny Wijnaldum, we win all four trophies last year. This past summer, we needed two midfielders because of Henderson's decline. So we needed the Ginny replacement and we needed a Henderson replacement. Henderson was awful last season. He'd been very poor the year before and dreadful when he was played at centre-back, but in midfield he was poor. So you had two seasons where he had been well below the accepted level. So you needed two midfielders and you didn't sign any. He signed Arthur late in the window 
pretty clear he wasn't the player he actually wanted. And now we head towards 2023 summer with three midfielders due to leave, still needing the other two. We need four midfielders. We need four midfielders. That is that is the case. Three is the minimum, but we need four to go with Fabinho and Thiago. You get four midfielders, then Jones is your seventh, Henderson is your eighth, and you just you just eat the contract because it's your own fault you gave it to him. He should be leaving on a free this summer. But sentimentality took over because he ran to the media. If Ginny had run to the media, maybe it would have been different. But the refusal, the arrogance to not keep our midfield refreshed and capable of doing what was asked of it is just incredible. And, you know, you can't, in this day and age, you can't criticise the manager or you get told to go and support City. If you criticise the manager, some people think, oh, you're Klopp out now. Nobody has suggested that Klopp should leave. But Jürgen needs to sort this out because everything that's gone wrong is on him because he's the manager and he is the one with the most power. Whatever went on in preseason, the different approach that was taken, both in terms of the physical preparation and the tactical preparation, it all went wrong. Ultimately, that's on him. Even if it's Pep and Linders who oversaw those things, Klopp gave him the go-ahead to do that. So it's on Klopp. The players not being prepared for games, not being motivated for games, that's on Jürgen. Poor team selection and poor substitutions is on Jürgen. The transfer policy being so drastically changed from what made us great, that's also on Jürgen because ultimately he has final say. He's obviously gotten far more right than wrong since joining the club. But over the last couple of years, since we won the title, there's been a number of mistakes made. And they ultimately sit at his feet because he is the one in charge. And he needs to be the one to turn this around. He needs to rectify this. But this is the second season out of three that we're just throwing away. When we have Allison, Virgil, Thiago, and Mo in their primes, we're throwing away another season. And it's to the point now where if we get fourth, it'll be celebrated. Because you remember people celebrated third in 2021. Oh, we overcame the injuries. We shouldn't have been needing to overcome those injuries. We should have been in a position where we could deal with those injuries. You go into a season with three centre-backs where two of them have career-long track records of being injury-prone. You can't be surprised that they get injured. Yes, Virgil getting injured couldn't have been planned for. But Joel and Joe? Joe tore his ACL at 17 and he's been injury-prone since. Matip has been injury-prone his whole career. Since doing his ankle when he was at Schalke. I think he was about 22 at the time. 
you can't be surprised when they get injured. And if both of them had got injured, but Virgil was still there, we still would have had Nat Phillips or Reese Williams playing next to him, which isn't acceptable. Poor planning has hammered us in recent years. And Jürgen really needs to take a step back and look at the state of that midfield group. And it's not just the midfield. I mean, we can go through the squad. This team needs more surgery than people want to accept. Some of it is because there are players in the squad who will move on. And some of it is because there are players in the squad who simply aren't good enough or aren't fit for the purpose that Jürgen is using them for. Myself and Carl will do a scouted at some point in this week where we'll go go through the squad and do, you know, keep, sell or loan on each player. But, you know, like take, for example, the goalkeeping position. Right? We know Allison's the best in the world, but Kelleher, I would expect to leave this summer because he wants to go and play regularly. And I don't think he'll accept a loan. I think he'll want to go permanently. And Adrian isn't fit for purpose. So we need two goalkeepers, unless they're convinced that Pitaluga or Harvey Davies or one of these other young keepers are ready to step in. We'll need two goalkeepers. We'll need at least one. And maybe one of the youngsters is able to step in. Calvin Ramsey has missed most of this season through injury or whatever's going on. But we really could do with a you know a grown-up backup to Trent. Milner's been used there. Milner's not a right back. He's never been a right back, and he's never been a good right back when he's used there. So we need a grown-up in that position. Costas will likely move on, and, and it's probably time to move Costas on. We probably should have sold him in the summer, in truth, and reinvested that money in the position. And if we got 20... <clears throat> I reckon we could have replaced him for about 10 and then put that other 10 towards something else. Joel Matip, might be time to move him on, given his age, last year of his contract next season, last chance to get a decent fee for him. Joe Gomez, it's probably time to move him on. He's definitely declined and, you know, at 25, he'll be thinking he's 26 at the end of this season. He's entering his prime years. I'm assuming at some point he's going to want to go and play as a regular somewhere. They were stuck with Henderson. He can't go anywhere. But Curtis Jones might be one to consider selling. Just because we're sell to buy and we need to bring in funds. It it goes on and on. Bobby's going to leave in all likelihood. Nabby, Milner, Ox, they're leaving. There's a lot to do. And we had a report last night from John Percy, who's as good as it gets for any of the Midlands clubs, that Liverpool are in, you know, somewhat talks with Wolves over Matthias Nunes. Now, Matthias Nunes is a player we had basically gift-wrapped to us in the summer, and somebody said, no, thank you, and he went to Wolves for $38 But apparently at that time we agreed some sort of option where we could buy him for 44 million. Now, we can't 
buy him. Well, we could buy him in January, but he wouldn't be able to play until next season because he already played for Sporting and for Wolves this season. So he doesn't help in the short term. He's a very good player and I'd be delighted to get him. I wanted him in the summer. We should have signed him in the summer. If we signed him in the summer, we probably wouldn't be in this massive mess that we're in now because he he at least brings some intensity and a capacity to press. But we also just have this infatuation with Jude Bellingham as if Jude Bellingham is going to be the cure-all for all the problems we have. But you look at this team now and compare it to the team that won the European Cup and the Premier League. And in midfield in particular, it's chalk and cheese. That midfield ran over teams. This midfield is far too clever for its own good. As brilliant as Thiago is, he doesn't have the physical capacity of those players. Now, he's a much better player than Henderson or Wijnaldum, but he doesn't have the physical capacity that they had back then. And when he was coming into the team, it should have been as a replacement for Henderson, not Ginny, because what Ginny brought was so unique in terms of the defensive aspect. Henderson was the one that had more on-ball responsibility. And that's what ultimately you want Thiago doing. But Henderson was coming off a season where he'd been very good for those four months. So it was just a strange situation. But Jude Bellingham doesn't solve our problems. As, as fantastic a talent as he is and as great a player as he might become in a couple of years, he doesn't solve our problems. But what he will do is he'll swallow up all our budget. And for the $130 million you'll pay for him, you could probably get three midfielders. I think you could get Caicedo, Manu Kone and Ugart for not a whole lot more than you'd pay for just Jude. And if you go Kone on the right as a dynamic box-to-box ball winner, which is primarily what Henderson's role was, Ugart as a six, as the long-term replacement for Fabinho, and Caicedo on the left replacing what Ginny Wijnaldum brought us, with Fabinho, with Thiago as heavy rotation pieces. Like I said, I think we need four. I'd love to go and get someone like Yunus Musa. If it's true that he has a, a low buyout clause, I'd love to get him. Another high-intensity, high-energy, aggressive, ball-winning type. And then you still have Henderson. So there's seven. And Musa would help towards the homegrown tally sooner than Jude would. If you're worried about the, the homegrown nonsense. Um, you can keep Jones if you want. You know, you can keep him, you can keep Tyler Morton, you can fill the squad out with some of them. But there's major work needed and I worry that we're going to just get infatuated, keep this infatuation up with Jude and sign him and turn him into the next Gerrard. But by that, I mean where he is carrying a team that's not fit for purpose because by the time Jude is ready to really be a top level player, Thiago will be gone. Virgil's probably gone or close to gone. Mo the same. Ali will be in his later years. 
as great as Jude could be, I, I think that money is better spent elsewhere. I think if you could spend, say, let's say 170 million or 160, about 170 million on those four, Kone, Ugarte, Caicedo and Musa, and get back to having a midfield similar to what you used to have, but you still have the options of Fabinho and Thiago. Fabinho still remain a starter. Thiago, you start in the big games, but you always have legs and energy in there, and aggression, and ball winning, and pressing ability. We've forgotten how to press. We've forgotten how to press. And it needs to be addressed. And we've also, we've lost that aggression and dominance in defence. And a part of that is because they're getting no protection. There's always a hole in midfield now. Always. Whether it's Henderson, whether it's Elliot, whether it's Oxlade-Chamberlain on the left. There's always a hole in midfield now. And that defence is getting overworked, overrun. I can't be arsed any of the rest of it. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.